Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by a special guest, Ricky G, the OG of Warriors Twitter. How's everything going today? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. And thanks for coming on. So today's topic is the state of the NBA. Um, so if you follow Ricky on Twitter, he has decades of basketball knowledge, decades of NBA knowledge, and he's not afraid to share it with his followers. He's got plenty of, uh, I don't want to say hot takes, but some strong takes about the uh, current state of the NBA and the current state of the Warriors and all that. So we'll start with the Warriors. They've made some big moves this summer, got rid of Jordan Poole, brought in Chris Paul. What is the, the current state of the Warriors? What is your you know overall opinion on the chances of the Warriors to once again become a, a championship contender? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> First of all, with, with the Warriors this year, I need to see it. I'm not, I'm not saying it won't work, it will work, and obviously I'm talking Chris Paul. I got to see it. They're, they're asking for a lot of things to happen. Now, if you listen to Kerr talk recently and you listen to Green talk and Steph talk, there's a lot of different messages being sent. I think after last year, you know, everybody talks about pull bad shot selection out of control. There's a lot of truth to that. But you know what's being laid under the weeds that I think Kerr's trying to talk and tell us? Green and Steph and the Warriors as a team had too many turnovers. They were reckless. And I think they bought in that CP3 is going to fix that. Mm -hmm. Okay? That might be true. But how are they going to guard when, when Steph and, and CP3 are on the floor together? That's two small guards. And CP3 has to guard somebody. And what it does is slide Steph to an elite score. Now, that's a twofold problem. One, it's going to eat his legs. And two, it might get him in foul trouble. Which he does so a that, lot, yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so that's the, that, that's the issues I want to see. Now, I keep hearing it's CP3 for the second unit, and he's only here to stabilize the second unit. Okay, I, I, I get that. But that's not good. Back to your question, are they a chip team? CP3 with the second unit, that's great for regular season. What does he give you in the next season when the playoffs start? There's yeah. three seasons in the NBA. Regular season, playoffs, last 14 stand. When I look at my Warriors, I'm always looking at how does your game translate to the last 14 standing. So yeah, I mean, you you were saying that there's there's three seasons that you call it in in the NBA. Of course, the they said the regular season, the playoffs, and then the last four standing. I mean, I, I think as currently constructed, I think the Warriors are going to be a really good regular season team because of the the reasons that you laid out. If Chris Paul is going to be running the second unit, they're going to clean up the turnovers. They should have enough scoring. What's your concern going into the playoffs and, you know, if they do make it to that, that last season that you said, the, the last four standing? Well, well, I think what's going to happen is Kaminga's made it, looks like he's making a third-year jump, okay? So I think today, January, and March, we're going to see enough data to where Kerr's going to have some versatility with this lineup. And what I mean by that is, can Kerr slide Wiggins to the two? Can he play Kaminga at, uh, at the three or four and put Clay at the three or four? I don't know. See, I think see, I think Kerr's dream is to have Wiggins and Kaminga on the floor at the same time. It gives them length, rim pressure, and it makes them an elite defensive team with green. Mm -hmm. And it protects Steph. So I think what we're going to have to monitor is, Wig is Kaminga's league a real league. If it's yeah. a real leap, the Kerr has a lot of versatility. If it's not a real leap and he still can't stay away from some bad plays, you can you can put up with bad plays during the regular season. You can't put up with them in playoffs. So that's going to be the juggling that Kerr has to go. But where yeah. does Chris Paul where does Chris mm -hmm. Paul fit in the eight man rotation in the playoffs? Because you're asking two small guards to guard. Now, can he give you the ten to fifteen minutes? Okay, maybe. And it gives you minutes when Steph's on. Okay, I can roll with that. But is he that piece to actually push you over a top? I got to see it. 
Yeah, especially at, at 37, it's tough. I think in an ideal situation, we get to see either Steph or Chris Paul on the floor for at, at some point during the whole game, so they're never off the floor together. I know Kerr is really strict with his rotations and stuff, so we might see that, but I think when it's like nut crunch time, maybe he's kind of rotating them so we have someone to control the offense. But he does, of course, have Draymond to do that as well. So I think that versatility is going to help. But one thing I noticed was in the playoffs last year, it, the athleticism difference was was huge between – we saw it a little bit with Sacramento, and then we saw it a lot more with, with L.A. They were bigger, stronger, faster, all that stuff, more athletic. And we didn't get to see Kaminga. We got to see a little bit of Moody play there as well. So is is Kaminga and Wiggins and Moody on the floor together? Is that how we close that kind of athleticism gap between the Warriors and the rest of the West? Well, he has versatility. But but to me, as we speak today with the information we have today, I think Sarge is more important of a pickup than maybe CP3 when it comes to the end of the year. Sarge, to me, is going gonna, is gonna to be a huge pickup. Now, can he guard in certain situations? I think he can, but we have to see it. And, and it's just, see, Kerr said something in the last day or two. He's, I think what Kerr's really been telling us, I watched the Kings take. I mm-hmm. watched the Lakers take. <laughs> we're not, like he said, we're not as good. We're not good enough to play in chaos anymore. He saw it. Mm-hmm. He knows he can't get in a, in a in a run and gun game with the Kings. He knows they'll get run right off the floor. He knows it. And with the Lakers, you got the Lakers are a bad matchup. The Lakers are a bad matchup for us because of their guards. Reeves and Dilo is a tough cover for CP3 and, and Steph. Yeah, because you got yeah, put, the size you, advantage. Yeah. Well, not only that, if you put Steph on CP3, or, or no, if you put Steph on Reeves, you're looking at foul trouble. Because Reeves, Reeves is a pro at drawing foul. So Kerr's got some Kerr's got some issues. It's just my problem with the with the CPT CP three situation is his size, and, the, and he's not the quickest cat in the world. Now my next question is, how CP three gonna play pick and roll with the Warriors when he don't have a roller? See, if you watch CP three with Phoenix, he always had a big that he could maneuver like a snake in the mid-range game and, and pro. He don't have that with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be an issue. And, and this and this idea CP3 needs to unlock Kaminga, I might flip it on you. Kaminga might unlock CP3. Yeah, I mean, he's that lob threat. But I mean, that's to, to answer your question about the pick and roll, I, you brought up Saric. I think he is that big that that's going to work with Chris Ball. I mean, they played together for a little bit in Phoenix. And that was working pretty well until he got hurt. And, you know, I think he blew out his ACL. So he did. Yeah, he, he's the key piece there. I think that that's an excellent point. And I do remember watching him in Philadelphia. I happened to have season tickets when he was still in Philadelphia when I lived out there. And he's a great player. He's not a great defensive player, but he's really smart. He's got a soft touch. He can shoot. And I think he's the offensive big man that the Warriors have been looking for. And I think... Like you said, I think he might be that bigger piece than, than Chris Paul. What do you think? Well, I, I think he is. Now, back to Chris Paul, in the playoffs, he's going to get hunted in yeah. the story. You know, we can talk regular season. Oh, he's defending. He's doing this. Well, let me tell you something. In the playoffs, they're coming down every court. Well, who's Chris Paul's man? Come set the pick. They're going to hunt him. And that's going to be a problem. So I got to see it. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it's good. Yes, it's bad. I got to see it. Are the Warriors yeah. a chip team today? Not in my opinion, no. Mm-hmm. But, but let's see it. Yeah, yeah. So in the West, I think all the teams, you look up and down the, the, the standings, they all have questions. They all have potential flaws. Who would you pick from now as you know your favorites to be the in the conference finals and why? Well, I said yesterday, Denver is, the West is for Denver to lose. Okay, now repeating is tough. Mm-hmm. I also said yesterday in the West teams, I think I said four through nine, maybe I said five through nine. There's about four to five teams that have a ceiling of a top four seed, but have a floor of a nine seed. Yeah. I could see four through eight, four through nine being one to two game separation. I mean, so, it was like that last year. Yeah. <laughs> 
and, and the teams that you got to be careful, careful. And I'm not saying they're in a chip team, or I'm not even saying they're a top four seed. But I see Oklahoma City in that in that five to seven range. Mm-hmm. So somebody's coming down. Who's coming down? Well, health matters. You know, right now, I, yeah. you know, the, the West. See, right now, and, and I'm gonna catch heat for this. And I said it last year. The Warriors are not built to beat the Lakers today. Now, key words today. They're yeah. not built to beat them. They're bigger and they're quicker. That's a problem. Denver. So, mm-hmm. Denver. Denver's got the best player in the world, and he's got they got the four best starters in the world. I think I think it's their division to lose. Phoenix, I need to see more. Phoenix is going to score. Mm-hmm. No, I t- I tweeted yesterday. Can they guard? Okay, maybe they can. I need to see it. So it's the West is death. <laughs> I mean, we haven't yeah. talked about the Clippers. Clippers look good to me, and I've been drinking that Kool Aid for five years. I'm still flipping. <laughs> I'm, I'm and, out on the Clippers completely. Man, I've, I've just I've got one more you cup know. left. I'm, I'm giving them one more cup. Yeah, I'm tired of the if Kawhi is healthy if. PG is healthy. If, if, if I need some more concrete, I'm the same with like new Orleans. Like I'm tired of the, you know, if, if Zion is healthy, if Zion, Zion has his head on straight, you know, you just said new Orleans. We haven't even talked about new Orleans yet. <laughs> See, I mean, the West is crazy. And what is Memphis? Yeah. Without jaw for, I don't know, a third of the season. It's a question marks. Yeah. See, so I mean, it's the Warriors are interesting because, Kerr and the vets are stubborn on this small ball. And I get it. It's worked for them. It's won rings for them. But at what point in time do you look around the league and say, wait a minute, we need to get a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, Kaminga and Wiggins on the four together changes a lot of that. They have long length athleticism on the wings. See, I think Kerr's dream is to have both of them on the floor in March. Mm-hmm. I think that's his dream. Now, the the player that I'm having trouble with trying to find minutes for in the Warriors is GP2. Mm. GP2 will get minutes when they play in a, a Lee quick point guard because he'll match up with that. He will get minutes in the dunker spot, maybe 12 minutes, 15 minutes a game max. But his he's so small now. If you play him with Steph or a CP3, you get real small. And he's no offensive threat in crunch time. Teams won't guard him. Mm-hmm. And I just see that, you know, the CP3 two years ago, is he that guy today? No, he's not. I, I don't think he is. I think he's, you know, his offensive game. See, <coughs> the Warriors were good enough two years ago to mask specialists. Are they good enough this year to mask specialists? Depends on Steph. I think it's all about Steph. Take Steph off the floor. How do you mask uh, GP2 not being guarded? And then what do you do with Green not being guarded? And then what do you do with Looney not being guarded? See, that's a lot of specialists. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know. Absolutely. The Warriors are capable. You know, one thing about the Warriors, their shooting is so good. They're capable of catching fire and put, putting your ass outside the block. They can do that. But can they guard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we saw that. I mean, the, the shooting basically helped him get in the playoffs. Clay was on a crazy tear near the end of the season. And then I think the fatigue and all that caught up to him. And that's why he was basically at dead legs against the Lakers. But I think the the additional depth that they had, I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking about GP2 when you talked about the eight-man lineup. But I think throughout the season, they're going to have enough bodies to guard and they'll have enough bodies to withstand that. But again, the question comes up, like you said, in that the second season or that third season. So, I mean, when you look at the West in general, uh, I think a lo- what a lot of people are saying is you're kind of, you're running out of spots for teams for the playoffs. I mean, because there's, there's all these teams, I think, aside from maybe, you know, Houston, San Antonio and Portland, everybody else has a shot, at least on paper of making the playoffs. So, I mean, aside from health, is there another factor that we should consider in terms of, you know, who you think is going to be in that top eight or even top 10, top 10 spots? Well, I think OKC and New Orleans are capable of being, being in the top eight. They're capable. What is Sacramento this year? Are they a three seed or a nine seed? I don't know. 
I don't see him as a nine seed, but I don't know if I see him as a three seed. You know, they were fortunate last year. They had a lot of good help. Yeah, absolutely. You know, back to the Warriors for a minute, to a player that's going to be important. We don't, we haven't talked about it's Moody. Mm-hmm. See, if you watch Kerr and pay attention to what he's doing, and then when they sign, uh, what was the last player, the wing they signed from the Bulls? I forgot his name now. Javante, um, they just signed him. 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six wing. Not sure. Forget, he's athletic. He's a defender. Forget his name now. I want to say Javante. <laughs> but anyways, they're going to send him Santa Cruz. Sure. Kerr's trying to load his team up with wings. Mm-hmm. He wants to get back to what their chip years when they were loaded with long athletic wings. Because Steph yeah. needs protection. Because if they don't protect Steph, it's going to eat his legs and it's going to cause foul issues. Because mm-hmm. they don't. I mean, right now, if you play CP3 and Steph, how do you hide Steph? You can't. I you mean, can't. for the most part, yeah. And he will compete mm-hmm. and he will guard. But what's the yeah. long term? Mm-hmm. So I think the. I think the idea is when you bring in Chris Paul, you can have him, Draymond, and Steph on on the on the floor at the same time that can all initiate the offense. So if Steph no, does have them. to, I yeah, you, to you will. <laughs> well, because CP3 mm-hmm. and Green is an overkill. Okay. I need to see that. What do you mm-hmm. when CP3 is probing? What are you doing with Green? He's probably not being guarded. He's probably being see, left alone, and that. you know, yeah. You need to see that. I don't know yeah. if those two fit. I think CP3 has to play with Sarge. Mm-hmm. He will. But I, I, my, my dream is Kaminga has such a good lead that he forces Kerr to put uh, Wiggins at the two. That's my dream. Mm-hmm. I think he might get it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, load management. I think half the Warriors roster doesn't. Uh, fall under these like load management rules because they're over 35 so they'll be okay to, to sit a bunch of games and i think you'll get to see that quite a bit i think through last year they it was strange kerr was leaning a lot on anthony lamb and ty jerome and just guys that didn't seem to have a future with the team and he wasn't playing moody and kaminga as much so i think this year that's going to be the big change is he's going to be forced almost to to believe in Moody and Kaminga and, and put you know the, the game in their hands much more often than he did last year. Well, the vets have to earn the, – the, the names you just mentioned have to earn the vets' trust so the vets can mm-hmm. let Kerr play. See, there's a – what people don't understand with the Warriors, they all think everything's on Kerr. Man, Kerr's got <laughs> vets with four rings in his, in his ears, man. You know, Kerr's got to go through them before he can just start pushing buttons. And a lot of people don't understand that. People want to take Kerr this, Kerr that. It's not easy coaching dudes. When, when the Warriors won that fourth ring, you can't tell them dudes shit. you got to work <laughs> with them. You're not telling them nothing. Yeah. And that's obvious. And I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that was the cherry on top ring. You couldn't tell them anything about after that. It was, I mean, Steph's crowning achievement, probably of his career, that whole team, you know, winning without KD and all that. They They were able to end a lot of arguments for the most part. So. Uh, any other teams in the West that you are particularly interested in watching? Maybe not, you know, someone that you think is going to compete for a championship, but just maybe an experiment or something that you're really curious to see how it plays out. OKC and the Houston Rockets. I want to watch the Houston okay, Rockets. That's my AAU let's team. Let's talk the Rockets my, first. Yeah, that's my glorified AAU team. <laughs> okay, how much I, of a leap did they take with with the Doka? See, I don't know because the West is so tough. Winning games in the West is brutal. I think they can take a leap and not win games. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. But I think Miami can coach. You know, I know he's a player and he got all his little <laughs> issues. But that makes he—he's a no joke coach. Boston misses him. If absolutely. the Celtics—if the Celtics had uh, Udoka coaching this year, oh my God, they'd be a monster. See, that's the only thing. That's mm-hmm. the only question I have with the Celtics is. Is this coach going to handle it in the heat? We saw him last year against Miami, against a little Spoh zone. Everybody made Spoh some genius when all he was doing was running an eighth-grade zone and Boston couldn't bust it because they wanted to play off the bounce. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. So Houston's going to take a leap but not, not win games. I think, I think that's reasonable to, to say they have some – 
they finally have a, a legit point guard. They have a veteran presence with Van Fleet. Um, I'm not huge on the Dylan Brooks thing, but I think he does bring at least like a FU mentality to the team, which, you know, is, is kind of a blessing and a curse. Uh, but about OKC, I mean, they, they, on paper, they look like they're like 12 deep and it's all young guys. I think they're like all under 25, something like that. Bunch of kids running around. What's so interesting about them to you? I mean, obviously, other than what I already Look stated. The, uh, Chet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two kids that got the same last name. <laughs> the same name, those yeah, guys, the two Jalen. <laughs> those guys can play, man. The young Dork. Dork and guard dudes. I like their coach. I think their coach is elite. Um, I just... Maybe not this year, but, man, the next year or two years, man, they're going to be a problem. I think SGA is one of the best players in the NBA in playoffs. I think his game fits mm-hmm. playoffs. He's that dude that can put the ball on the floor and go get you a bucket. And yeah. I just – when you know, everybody talks about Kerr and his, and his movement and his pick and roll and this blah, blah, blah. At some point in time when you get to the big boys, when all the dudes happen to pull up at the same at the gym at the same time and you got grown-ups, you need that dude to say, give me the ball, get out of my way, and let me go get a bucket. SGA mm-hmm. does that. Steph does that. KD does that. See, that's see, that's one thing I don't know if the Lakers have. Do the Lakers have a dude that can just say, give me the ball, go get a bucket? I don't know if LeBron can do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw he couldn't last year. There was a, a few opportunities against the Nuggets. I mean, we could say maybe his foot was hurt, whatever, but he had some chances to extend that series at least, and, and he wasn't able to. So. I think that's a valid question. I think Denver's. I think Denver is going to be hard to beat if they, if they stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Jokic and Murray is just too good, and then they got Porter and, and uh, Gordon to create matchup problems for you. Yeah, Porter gives you the spacing, and Gordon gives you the rim uh, rim pressure. It's just it's just so tough. They're too. And Jokic is by far the best player in the world. I don't. I don't see how anybody can even discuss, argue with that. Yeah, yeah. The he definitely he took the crown. <laughs> he's a, he's the best screen setter in the world. And then when he gets the ball, he's the best playmaker in the paint. Mm-hmm. There's not a better playmaker in the paint than than Jokic. No, absolutely not. Maybe not a better playmaker. A period. I, I tweeted yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jokic's screen setting is similar to Steph's gravity. Okay, expand on that. Well, Steph's gravity gives everybody open shots, right? Yeah. Jokey screen setting, whoever's guarding dies on that screen. So now the defense is in retreat on their heels and they're scrambling. And you got the best playmaker with the ball. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. See, all bigs need good guard play. You know, everybody wants to talk about, well, we played Jokey's this two years ago, three years ago, blah, blah, blah. No. Jokey's is the best now because he's got good guard play. Bigs have to have good guard play. People kill bigs a yeah. lot. A lot of times, it's their guard plays their problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he went from a couple of years ago. I think it was like Austin Rivers and uh, Gary Harris or Will Barton, yeah. something like that. And then, of course, you know, last year it's Christian Braun and Bruce Brown and Jamal Murray. Like that's a massive, massive upgrade. So it sounds like all right, the Nuggets are the favorite to to repeat at least in the West. I think that seems like that's your pick. But the rest of the conference is kind of up in the air, up in flux. Let, let's talk about the Clippers. You seem to still have that that uh, soft spot in your heart. Cup. Where is it? I got a cup. Here, my <laughs> I got a cup, man. What, so they're, right now they're, I think, favored, or there's a lot of rumors about them going out and get getting James Harden. I don't think you're very high on James Harden. You, have you, you had a tweet. At, yeah. <laughs> the other day it was, uh, you know, he's the blonde at the bar that's been divorced three times or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, <laughs> It's a great analogy because, you know, I'm sure all these other teams, maybe some of the less informed ones will look at it and be like, oh, that's that's James Harden. That's one of the best scoring two guards of all time, blah, blah, blah. But they're not looking under the hood, so to speak. But if the Clippers do end up getting James Harden, does that change your opinion of them positively yeah. or negatively? Yeah, I put down the cup. I won't, I won't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> if they keep Ross the man, I'll keep drinking the Kool-Aid. Okay. They don't need James Harden. Everybody, first thing I get, 2011, 2011. So what? He's lost explosion. He lacks the skill of getting to the free throw line like he used to. He can't mm-hmm. switch, which is what Clippers want to do with all them wings out on the perimeter. And he pounds the rock. 
All he's going to do is take the ball away from Paul George and Kawhi. Now, if you want him for the regular season, his insurance and all that, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Now you get to the playoffs, I, I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, he's he plays a he ton of games. You know, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. One of these guys, I don't get attracted to older players with big names who play multiple teams. I don't find that attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, we're again, we're back to the bar eating sea bass at PF Chang's. I didn't find you attractive <laughs> when you told me you married with three different times or you got seven kids. I, I, I don't see that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm I, I'm. Still out on the Clippers in general. I do think they have enough guys to be competitive in the regular season. But if they do trade for Harden, then I'm completely out on them as a team. Let me ask uh, you a question. Sure. Who's your top four teams in the West today? In the regular season? Change, but today. In the regular season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be some combination of Denver, Phoenix, Minnesota, and the Warriors. Well, well wait a minute. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Minnesota yet. We haven't even talked about Minnesota. (laughs) My goodness. Wow. Do you want me to tell you why? (laughs) Yeah, tell me why. I want to hear. So you talked about three seasons. I think this is a team that is absolutely built for the regular season. I think they have plenty of depth. They have a great starting five, again, for the regular season. I think Rudy Gobert is an incredible regular season player because he is a difference maker defensively. He's not a negative on offense because he gets all those putbacks and offensive rebounds and he's a lob threat. And I think this is the year Anthony Edwards takes a leap and we've seen Carl Anthony Towns, like he can score. He can play really well again in the regular season. And I think because of that, I think Edwards takes like an MVP type leap this year. And I think he has enough size and athleticism around him for them to compete and be a top four seed in, in the in the West. You know, I think that's all fair. Now, are they, do I agree with that top four? Probably not, but I think that's mm-hmm. fair. You know, I, I wouldn't push back on what you just said, but that's interesting. I didn't even, you know, we like you said, we didn't even talk Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> top four teams. There's too many. So, you, so, so yeah, you who's think, your top four? So, so you think if the Warriors played the Lakers tomorrow in the regular season, they beat them? In the regular season, yes. I think so. Interesting. See the four. See it's t- the top four for me gets it gets tricky. I see. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say I think Denver's a lock to be in the top four, and I think Phoenix yeah. is probably a lock to be in the top four. Three all the way, three to nine. I think I think we can make a case for for five of those teams. Absolutely. Yeah. So. But to me, to me, if I'm the Warriors, I tell the Kings we're not even going to play you guys during the regular season. We're just going to leave you alone. We'll just stay away from you. <laughs> and you know another team we haven't even talked about? Who you got? Dallas Mavericks. I'm out on Dallas. Okay. I'm not. Are they, I'm not, are they a playoff uh, team? Uh, I don't think so. I think they are a play-in team at at best. I just, I just be right. don't see it. I, yeah. I think you might be right. I don't like their roster either. Yeah. You might be right. I love Kyrie as a person, as a basketball player. He's great when he's out there, but I just uh when I look at that team, I, I don't I don't see it. Um unless Luca, <laughs> you know, becomes the Terminator or something and goes insane, I, I just I'm 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 out on <laughs> Dallas. No, I, I I see Luca and Kyrie would scare me in a playoff series. But as far as their roster yeah. and regular season, I don't I might agree with you. They might they, with the West this year. They might be the team that falls out. Yeah, I mean, they could end up with like forty-two wins and be on the outside looking in. I don't think that's inconceivable. Maybe forty wins or something like that. I don't think that's. You know, they could be a ten seed. And last year they were like, we don't want to be in the play-in, so we're going to tank. Maybe they do the same thing for this year. So uh, that's the way I see it. So where do you see New Orleans? I don't see them in the playoffs at all. I. It's you said you got to see it with Chris Paul and all those guys. I got to see it with Zion. People are talking. He's just so immature. All the other stuff that came out with the the adult film star and the uh, baby mamas and all that stuff. Just it's just more immaturity. The guy is either gonna eat or sleep his way out of this league unless something major changes. They're talking about it this year, but 
like I, I got to see it before before I I'm, put any I'm, kind I'm, of you know prediction there. I think I'm with you on that. I think I agree yeah. with you. But okay. you know what? We we talked about the West. It's funny we did we didn't talk Minnesota. That's that's wild because Minnesota's got a squad. You know another squad is dangerous. And then they're only dangerous from from the ten to the seventh spot. Is mm-hmm. Utah? Yeah, Utah's very athletic. Utah might be the most athletic team in the West. That's a big statement. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Yeah. To me, yeah, I, I just I think know. they're. I, I don't. I don't know if they're interested in competing. Again, I think that's that's. I think they're more of an asset team than Maybe. a com- competitive team. You know, Maybe. I think last they year they good. they. Yeah, they, go they got one of the best coaches in the West, by the way. Absolutely. You know, Utah's coach and OKC coach are two coaches people don't talk about. Those guys are both good basketball coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Markinen was a revelation last year as a player. I think, I mean, Chicago basically quit on him, and he came out and said, you know, I'm going to be an all-star this year, and I'm going to do my thing. I just, and they shut him down, I think, at the end of the year, because, again, they just weren't interested in competing. And I think Ainge is the type of guy that's that's playing the long game, and I just don't see them pushing that hard to be an eight or nine or ten seed. I think they're just gonna cruise, maybe sell off, yeah, sell off a couple parts, you know. Uh, but let's let's talk about the East. I think the East is probably uh, a little more interesting in terms of the drama and the storylines. Maybe not as interesting from a you know one to fifteen, like who's going to be great and who's not. Uh, let's let's start at the top. I mean, we'll, we'll start with uh, Miami and Boston. I mean, Miami was probably hoping putting all their chips in the Dame Lillard trade, but I don't. I personally can never count them out. And the same goes for Boston, at least in terms of their talent. But what do you think of those two Eastern Conference finalists for for this year? You know, I'm going to catch smoke on this response, but I'm just going to say it. People got people got caught up in Miami's. Cinderella run last year. Let's keep the facts. They were an eight seed or playing game. And they ran into a Milwaukee team that was a mess, had some injuries. They ran into a Boston team that played probably the stupidest IQ basketball I've seen in years. I mean, to the point where I even had Andrew Bogut telling people that I was right about the playing off the bounce versus the pass. It was just the dumbest. Miami can't touch Boston this year. I don't care how what you think of Spo. I don't care about Bam and but they're good players. It's a good team. They're not in the same floor with Boston if Boston plays high IQ basketball. That's a big if. Mm-hmm. See, Tatum and Brown have got to learn how to play the game of basketball if they want to win at the end. But to me, the East is Boston to lose. Uh, Milwaukee. Okay. I think the Dane trade did did one thing for them. It gave them offensive power and closing. They mm-hmm. need they needed that, but they're going to miss Drew's. I don't. They're going to miss Drew's defense on the perimeter. You know, people who say Drew can't guard. Drew guards dudes. He guards one through four dudes. That's hard to replace. But two way mm-hmm. players that guard one through four dudes can always play on my basketball team. I'll take them over most scores that can't guard most of them. Not all of them, but most mm-hmm. of them. You better yeah. be that one percent scorer. To to play ahead of Drew. Drew to me is you know he's like a Wiggins to me. Those guys play on my basketball team. Yeah, absolutely. But I think on, on paper, oh, go ahead. You know, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's capable with an East. There's no question. But they got to mm-hmm. find another wing defender because if you have Giannis on the wing guarding a dude, you lose his weak side rim protection. See his best his strength for the Bucks is covering with the weak side rim protection for the perimeter players that can't guard. Absolutely. And if he has to, and if he has to guard a dude, you lose that. Mm-hmm. I think on paper, Boston is the clear favorite. You look at their roster, you know, their their starting five, their first eight, whatever. They have shooting, they have scoring, they have size, all that. They have defense, most importantly. You brought up Joe Maz earlier. He's the big question mark. They don't play smart basketball. They play a lot of your turn, my turn type basketball. And Drew Holiday is not the traditional point guard that's going to come in and, and kind of run the show. I think that's what ideally Malcolm Brogdon would have been, but I think he just wasn't able to assert himself on that team for whatever reason. So I, I just think, I, obviously, I'm high on Boston from a talent perspective, but I think, like, again, nut crunch time, 
I'm going with with Milwaukee or maybe not Miami, but I think I'm going to go with Milwaukee if it's going to come down between those guys. Do you think Miami's better this year than they were last year? No, I don't think so. I think they they've lost well, they two pieces. They lost Struce. Yeah, regular season. <laughs> that's true. Right? No, that's you true. Know? But, and and that's a, and that's a fair point. And Spo is mm-hmm. very good when he gets in a series with you, and he he can make a difference. I get all that. But when you saw it with Denver, Spo didn't matter. Yeah, dude, dude just crushed them. Mm-hmm. See, that's what people are missing, and. See, the East is, you know, people want to tell you the East is just as strong as the West. I mean, they're high. That ain't true. Nah, no, the East ain't not. close to the West. And and they got lucky. They caught two, they caught two powerful teams that were a mess. But but Boston is just, you scratch your head. All Spo did was run a simple zone, and they couldn't even hit the gaps and beat a simple zone because they all want to pound the rock. And as mm-hmm. long as Tatum and Brown pound the rock, then I'll be keep drinking the Kool-Aid, and they're not going to win. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that, like you said, I mean, there's, there it comes to a point where talent is going to win out. And it, I mean, if, if the talent gap is too big, like we saw with Miami and Denver, the talent gap was massive, right? And the coaching was able to make up for the talent gap between Miami and Boston because the coaching gap <laughs> was just as big, but, but you know, but it was when the suppose, players like yeah. you, the players IQ yeah, in Miami was too. much higher than the players IQ on Boston. You know, I want to address, mm-hmm. everybody says Boston needs a point guard. Let me tell you why that's a false narrative. If Please, Brown and, I feel if that Brown, way. If Brown and Peyton aren't going to change their game, I don't care if you got the best point guard in the world, because once he makes a pass to them, it's over, because they're going to pound the ball. They're going to pound a rock, and they kill everything mm-hmm. after that first pass. So it's not going to matter. What difference does it make? It's true. I mean, that's so, what we saw with Brogdon. I mean, that's what yeah, the hope was the with Brogdon. The point guard ain't yeah. going to solve Boston's problem if, if Tatum and Brown don't change their IQ. Mm-hmm. As long as they want to show you and dance with the ball and let you know, hey, I got, the, I can bump and grind with it, they're <laughs> not going to beat the good teams. Okay. So, I mean, let's let's talk about maybe some of the second-tier contenders in the East. We'll throw uh, Philly in there as currently constructed, maybe the Knicks. The Cavs, I think the Cavs actually have the second highest uh, over-under well, let's, let's in Knicks the win Cavs. total. Yeah. Knicks and Cavs have got to be in that second tier, don't they? I mean, if you look at Vegas, Vegas has the Cavs as the second highest win total in the, in the East. Or third highest, one of those two. But they, they have high hopes for this team. I mean, they kind uh, of flamed out. Be, that can be misleading, though. Now, as an ex-odds maker, let me share with you why that can be misleading. Please. See, the odds makers, them guys ain't no fools. The reason why Cleveland's that high is because the East is a lot weaker than the West. That's not mm-hmm. suggesting that they're gonna that they're a better team than a lot of teams in the West. See, people forget the West play each other, what, four times? And the East mm-hmm. teams play each other four times. That's an in, that's an unbalanced schedule. So the odds maker, they're not <laughs> you're not gonna pick them off. They understand the scheduling. Mm-hmm. So that's and and the action dictates that. But I okay. think Cleveland and the Knicks are a solid third and fourth. Uh, I mean, I like to. I think I like the Knicks and uh, Cleveland over Philly today. Now that yeah. could change. But then, where's Indiana? Where's I mean, I don't even. I don't even know half the East teams anymore. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta, just a, uh, yeah, there's a lot of teams where you're like, okay, you know, we can talk about them just for the sake of talking about them. Atlanta, Indiana, you know, Washington, maybe throw Orlando in there. They have, all have young, fun players that Orlando's, were interested. Orlando's is on the same. Orlando's a mayor of OKC. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of young guys. Now, but let's, you know. let's go back to Cleveland. Now, let's, let's go back to Cleveland and the Knicks for a minute. Yeah, sure. Where do you put the heat? Do you put the heat above both of them in the middle, below? Where do you put the heat with this year's roster? <laughs> Regular season, I, I, I don't see it. But. Come playoff time, I'm liking the Heat's chances against against the Cavs and the Knicks. Can the can the Knicks get to the Eastern Conference Finals with Randall? No, no. Interesting. He I is, think I agree with you. Yeah, I think we he he's shown us over the years he's not a winning player. He is a numbers guy. He's going to look good. You know, you pay October attention. To... You have the knowledge. You pay attention. <laughs> you guessed me up here. Knowledge. I appreciate it. Thank you. But yeah, I just I don't I don't think he's a winning player. It's fine. I think 
at some point the Knicks are going to have to decide, are we, I think they tried to a little bit last year, like, are we Julius Randle's team? Are we Jalen Brunson's team? And in the playoffs, Julius Randle said, no, this is my team. And we saw what happened. So in the East, the two wildcard teams for me is Atlanta and Toronto. How do they fit? Where do they come in? I think Toronto's got this new coach and this new philosophy. I don't know if they're going to fall off a cliff or they're going to go upstream. To me, they're, to me, they're kind of, they're Utah, Utah East. They're, they're fun. They have athletic guys. Masai keeps saying he wants to trade players. Masai ain't trading shit. (laughs) Masai, Masai puts the price so hard, so high, you're not doing business with him. So that tells me he don't want to move him. At some point though, he has to shit or get off the pot, right? He's got to decide. What is it? I agree. He's going to, he's got to do something, but. Yeah, but I mean, their their coach this year has a little bit of a new philosophy, a little more movement, a little more ball movement, a little more player movement. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how that works. But Atlanta, I don't know about Atlanta. Man. I'm I'm I like I'm out on Trey Young. I like it. Quinn Snyder. I'm not a Trey Young. I'm not a small guard fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care how guy. You know, I had a coach tell me a long time ago, sitting in the gym. We were in Vegas at a tournament. And there was a little guard that was torching everybody. I mean, he was just everybody was saying he was the best player in the tournament. And I'm sitting with about two or three coaches, and some guy came over to them and told them, "Have you seen so and so, mama?" And all three coaches at the damn near the same time. You know what they all said? Too small. Small guards will get coaches fired. Oh, okay. So what's small for you though? I mean, Steph is six three, maybe six four in shoes. Six one and under. Six two's borderline. I got, okay. You know, Lowry's built like a tank. Brunson's small, but he's built like a tank. Yeah. If you're going to be, okay, let me let me say it this way. If you want me to take a small guard, he better get in a, the other point guard's chest on defense. If he can stick his nose in their chest and stay in front of the ball and guard him, I'll take him. If you got to put him in the corner, I don't want him. So that's that's Trey Young. That's that's him. my issue with them. Yeah. They had a, See, fluke, a small guard. I'll you know. take a small guard. If you're strong as a, as a bull, but you got to get out on top of the floor and stick your chest in the best point guard. And if you can't do that, then what's he give you? Because mm-hmm. then you got to hide, you got to rotate your defense, and it's just a mess. And then when you put your small guard in the corner, you give up offensive board. So on that point, let's talk about Milwaukee a little bit more because they traded a bunch of stuff to get a small guard who I think, and I mean, he's guard a, on the perimeter. Yeah. Can they guard on the perimeter? Dane's going to get hunted. Mm-hmm. Now, they got Lopez and, and Giannis. I get that. But again, if Giannis has to guard the dude, he loses weak side rim protection. Lopez's still there. But if they get one more piece and get a wing mm-hmm. that can guard a dude, now you got Lopez and Giannis on the rim protection. Now it's a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, think they need he's one more di- piece. Yeah. And you talk about closing offense. I mean, he's he's going to be incredible for that team because we've seen that you know Giannis putting his head down and running into three guys is not going to work drew holiday is not a creator i mean they miss middleton like prime middleton well that's for, the, see, you know what's his health like let's assume yeah. he's not middleton anymore what do we do then you're you're probably flaming out in the second round if that's that's what's happening boston the one league boston has that milwaukee's gonna exploit Boston playing the, the five out and all the way, they're going to give up the glass. You can beat mm-hmm. them on the glass. And I can see Milwaukee wearing their ass out on the glass. So that I can see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, Al Horford, at, I think he's I don't know, almost 40. He's not the same player he was. Well, he's, he's 20 minutes. Yeah. Porzingis, um, he had, he's had one healthy season in the last, you know, five, six years. Um, there's a lot of ifs. We'll say for for Boston in terms of their bigs, so I'm not not too high on on that part of their team at least. But again, on paper, they're the best team. Um, anybody else in the East that you're intrigued by? You know, is uh, the well, Pool Kuzma well, combo yeah, well, interesting? Kuzma, everybody knows Kuzma's <laughs> my best follow. Uh, Kuzma's my guy in, in Pool. Yeah, I'm gonna watch the Wizards. Okay. You know, I'd be telling Pool, <laughs> or I'd be telling Kuzma. Kuzma's my guy. Uh, you know, he gives me a lot of time, and I'm a big Kuz guy, and they're going to be fun to watch. Now, Kuz has told me they're going to win more than 24 games. I told him, okay, let's do that. 
but they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I'm I'm interested. They'll be one of my uh like league pass teams, especially with the East Coast starts, you know, the the 4 p.m., 4:15, whatever. Be tuning in seeing what they're doing. I'm I'm really curious to see Pool, you know. Be I liked him. One. Yeah, I thought he got a raw deal in uh with the Warriors. Oh, he absolutely got a raw deal. And 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 he got a lot of blame. Mm-hmm. And and he did a lot of good during the blame. And he carried a team during a stretch when he got all the blame. Absolutely. You know, he, he no pool got a we can argue about pool's decision making and how he played, blah, blah, blah. Pool got shit on. Now, did he have some of it coming? Maybe. Did he make bad decisions? Maybe. Did he not guard? Yes. But people don't understand when people see see people don't understand when you treat somebody bad or you disrespect people, you don't get their best effort. That's just a fact. And then when he when then when he see, here's what got Paul in trouble. If we go back to the start, he carried that team to a hot start. They were balling, correct? Yep. Then he got benched for Clay. And the reason why they told him they benched him basically is because of defense and Clay's four ring. And he sits on that bench and watching other players not guarding. He's like, This is bullshit. Why do I have to guard but that guy don't have to guard? And see, when player, players got high, see, if you're coaching me and you tell me I got to sit because I'm not guarding, but you replace me with a guy who's not guarding, I'm going to look at you sideways. Mm-hmm. See, and that's on Kirk. So there's a lot of dynamics that happened a couple of years ago. Now, last year, I, you know, and I said it from day one, they never recovered from the punch. That punch divided that team. And then it put the vets in the corner and the vets didn't want to hear it. And then the kids said, okay, we don't respect you. You know, at the end of the day, the, t- the two timelines didn't respect each other. Yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely. because a veteran put his fist through a uh, young kid's uh, grip, and they didn't do anything. So yeah, I don't know didn't what Kurt so was yeah. thinking. That's why I want to talk to Bob Myers. If I ever see Bob Myers, I'm going to ask, why, why didn't, what really went down? Tell me the truth. Yeah, I might have to buy him a few cocktails. Let him. Uh, I'll just get him. <laughs> loosen him up. <laughs> when you live in San Diego, you see all these guys in La Jolla, Starbucks. Kerr goes in there. Oh, all there time. you go. <laughs> Kerr, Luke Walton. You... you see Kerr, Luke Walton, Jim Lampley. Mm-hmm. You see Jim Lampley a lot. Used to. I haven't seen him in a while. Used to see Jim Lampley all the time. Oh, well, there you go. Or yeah, Bill buy him Walt a Ryan cappuccino. <laughs> you see Bill Walton riding his bike around the Mesa. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you brought up respect. I think that's that's the big thing because I think. We've we've seen through the years that teams don't necessarily have to like each other in the same way that, you know, they're all partying together or having dinner together. But if there's no respect, there's a lack of respect, then that's, yeah, that that's a death sentence. That's why you're yeah. 11 and 31 on the road. They went 11 and 31 on the road because nobody respected each other. And it got amplified on the road. Guys mm-hmm. were walking up to an elevator, and I'll take the next one. Yeah. You can't have that. And if people don't believe that was going on, they're crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the young players had some had some friends that happened to be up on the other timeline. And that became a problem because they mm-hmm. understood the young players not being respected, but yet the vets weren't calling them out. It was just, it's a dynamic that was just totally, they lost respect. Yeah. And Kerr, no respect, and, and, and no Kerr's trust. Fan, mm-hmm. And I understand Kerr has the vets. Kerr had a bad coaching year last year as far as managing people because he's so attached and he's so scared of Draymond. I don't know what, you know, I understand Draymond's been big in all the chips. I get all that. And Draymond is a very important, I get all that. But at some point in time, you got to draw a line and let that man know this is enough. If David mm-hmm. West could draw that line, why couldn't the best of Steve Kerr draw that line? See, the Warriors. Dr- miss, I mean, Draymond's the, Warriors, the vet now. The Warriors miss David West. Because David mm-hmm. West was shut that shit down in a minute. Yeah. And Green respected David West, so he would shut down. But see, Draymond don't respect the other vets and Steve when it comes to mm-hmm. shutting him down. I mean, his, his, I mean his, his, his behavior shows you. Yeah. I mean, Kerr said it this offseason. They they need leadership, which was, yeah, was an interesting thing to – You got, yeah. we got we got three players with four rings, and we need leadership. That's <laughs> mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Coming off of the chip year, mm-hmm. that is mind-boggling. That just says that says everything to me. 
Then we can make excuses so, for it. We can give reasons, but that's yeah. mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. So let's. Uh, who's your top four in the East? I think this is a little easier to answer. Boston, Milwaukee. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put the. I'm gonna put these teams in a group for three: Knicks, Cavs. Miami, Atlanta. Those four teams will will fight for the other two spots. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna give Atlanta a little love. Philadelphia's got. I gotta see Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. If Philadelphia lets this Harden eat eat at them and become a cancer in the locker room and not playing or not training, that's gonna cost them. But mm-hmm. if they get that ironed out, I put Philly in the top four. Yeah, but I think the, I think the Knicks and Cleveland are interesting uh, on how they match up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Miami. I mean, I'm Miami, go... Knicks, to me, Miami, Miami, Knicks, and Cleveland are all the same to me. Yeah, I could see that. I, I probably put Cleveland a little bit higher. I think the two big dynamic works better in the regular season because guys are not going to get played off the court the same way they, they, they would in the playoffs. So in some order, I'll go, you know, Boston, uh, Milwaukee, Philly, Cleveland. Because I do think Philly does get this figured out. Even if they don't get it figured out, I think they have enough talent with Embiid, if he's healthy, to be a top four seed, which are you, I mean, it, are you a Mitchell playoffs fan? Uh, I don't know. I'm. I See, think he I does too much. You. I don't. I, touch I think you. I. I am until a point, right? And then I just there's a point where, okay, the hero ball is too much. I mean, there's. I think he just needs to get smarter about picking his spots. I think when he tries to go into you know full on hero mode, I'm gonna score sixty, seventy points, whatever it is. I think it gets to be too much, and I I, I can't. He I don't see him in. as the best player. He shoots you in, and yeah. he shoots you out. Absolutely, but I think that they have some moves to make, for sure. All right, man, I got to run. I got nurses coming in here, so yeah. I gotta... No, I I appreciate your time. Thank you, man. I wanted to ask you some uh, hoop history questions, but we'll have to schedule yeah, another we'll call because I you know another you one. seem like an encyclopedia. Well, I've seen it all. I've been here long enough. But yeah, yeah we can do exactly. another one, but I got to let some of these nurses in here for mom. So, yeah, I appreciate your time, man. Take care. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Big shout out to Ricky G, the godfather or OG of Warriors Twitter. Make sure to follow him at J Richard Goodman. Um, he's got plenty of hot takes, plenty of strong takes, plenty of in- incredible basketball knowledge. He's a walking basketball encyclopedia. I wish we had a little more time to talk to him, but we'll definitely be scheduling another interview to talk about, you know, some basketball history stuff because, you know, as you can see, he's been around for a while. He's been watching basketball for a very, very long time. Um, So yeah, thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure to subscribe anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Make sure to uh, check us out on all the major platforms, the podcasting platforms, all the major social media networks at 4040 vision pod. And make sure to hit that subscribe button again, wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast. Thanks, y'all.